Hello and welcome. You're listening to D Log, and today we have someone very interesting with us. We spent the last one year trying to inform, educate, and spread awareness about various topics, especially when it comes to health. Today we have someone who you know as Dr. Cutris on Instagram, Dr. Tanaya Narendra. She's an internationally trained medical doctor, embryologist, scientist, and women's health content creator. After studying for a master's at the University of Oxford, she subsequently registered as a doctor in England and remains committed to making public medical education her life goal. She's currently based in the US. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. And we're really going to talk about being a docfluencer and how 2021 really was the year of health content. Thank you so much for such a lovely introduction. And thank you so much for having me here. 2021 was a docfluencer year on Instagram. I mean, we've never seen those number of doctors coming out, spreading information and kind of becoming influencers to actually create awareness in the field. You know, there's been a huge shift in that content consumption as well, right? So there are there are content creators, but there are also people who are consuming that content. And we are seeing more and more such creators come out. I'd like to begin with you kind of reflecting on that shift in the patterns of content consumption. And, you know, when did you start noticing that shift really happening? So even I was kind of a pandemic baby. <laughs> I started my account really in January of 2020, right before the apocalypse, basically. And I think the apocalypse also triggered more production of this sort of content because there's so many people that are hungry the right kind of information and maybe news channels are not adequate for it they don't provide information their, their job is not to provide information their job is to report so um, there were so many people that were looking to understand this new fangled thing that is happening that even scientists don't know enough about so whatever was coming out to the general public was really complicated so I think maybe doctors stepped into that area to simplify stuff and obviously people want to learn about their bodies people want to learn about the general world people want to learn about this crazy new virus so uh, I think yeah there's definitely been a lot of consumption of health related content recently and I suppose that's a good shift definitely I think COVID really led to people kind of being a little more aware about and also wanting to know a little bit more about their health right I think what also happened was that because of COVID a lot of other health issues kind of went into the back burner as a medical professional who's practicing did you kind of see that really impacting people's lives oh yeah definitely my parents have a fertility center so I used to work there as a junior gynecologist and what I found that so many people that used to come to us for their regular follow-ups and all stopped coming only people who had say a pregnancy and they were due were coming to the hospital people with chronic conditions stopped following up because a there was this risk that you know you don't want to go to the hospital it's a high-risk environment but also people were just so afraid of not knowing what's out there and even we were very afraid of not knowing what's out there so all other issues conversations around other topics funding around other health topics had a mass shift towards coronavirus absolutely when you started did you think that that is what is going to kind of take center stage in your content just kind of understanding where you came from when you started and you got on instagram and you started putting out content did you think that covid would become a central aspect of it and then you know that's where then your entire content calendar or content uh, you know thought process would emerge from this sense that you need to inform and educate people about certain topics or did you have a plan in mind earlier? 
I think I stepped in with the idea of talking more about gynecology and just sexual health. But I knew that, I mean, of course, when I started, COVID wasn't there. Did it exist? I'm sure it did. Yeah, it did. But it didn't exist anywhere else in the world. I also feel that with content creation, you don't go in with a lot of plan. You go in with, okay, let's see what works. And for me, I was lucky that what I wanted to do was what worked out. So I very rarely touch upon COVID. For example, when we had the second wave and it was it was a really bad situation in our country. So when I did uh, start doing this content the only time I was focusing on anything COVID related was during the second wave when there was a really bad situation in our country and people did need more information people did need a little bit more clarity because we knew nothing at that time it just hit us out of nowhere so um, I don't think COVID would be a very central part of my content but I do believe it has given the impetus in the right direction for a lot of doctor content creators to create more around this I want to now just understand from you that you talk a lot about reproductive health women productive health and also sexual health in general. Do you think that there is a kind of a vacuum when it comes to conversations around women's health in general? Because we do know that a lot of times there are a few underlying issues that women face and they don't end up going and seeing a doctor or they don't pay attention to it until or unless it's too late. And this is something that has been spoken about previously by a lot of people as well. But do you think that there is still that need for women's health issues to be talked about? We've seen a lot of startups in the space come up over the last one year as well that are actively taking women's health and putting it in the forefront. So I'm not 100% sure on where I read this quote and if I'm accurate with the numbers. But I think a condition like endometriosis, which is a very painful condition. So what happens in endometriosis is that your periods become extremely painful and uh, you need constant medical supervision every time you have a period and period are a monthly occurrence for most people so this is something that genuinely impacts the quality of your life endometriosis research gets only 14% and once again I'm not sure on the number but only gets 14% of the funding that erectile dysfunction gets and erectile dysfunction is a condition in which people have a problem getting an erection so the research just the focus on even something as chronic and something as impactful as endometriosis and that's not to say that erectile dysfunction is not impactful. Sure, it does impact you in a psychological way, of course, but it doesn't constantly ruin your quality of life every single month. So the way we treat women's health is so sad in science, in popular culture, in everywhere, you know, that uh, we definitely need more of a focus on this. And this is not just something that's I'm spouting off of social media. This is a well-recognized phenomena in all kinds of science. So yes, we definitely do need more money and we do need more focus on this and I'm glad there's uh, problem-centric startups that are sprouting up. For example, we've got Vera Health, which focuses on PCOS. We've got Ara Health, which focuses on women's health in general. We've got Oziva Nutrition, I think, which focuses on PCOS again. So yes, things are starting, but we have a long way to go. I think what's also interesting is, especially in a country like India, you know, women don't exactly have a great relationship with their gynecologists. Sometimes it ends up being quite a challenge for a woman to kind of go and see a gynecologist and just have a have an open and safe conversation. I feel like somewhere with your content, you've tried to make you've tried to normalize that conversation. You know, what is the approach that you take? And you know, is there is there an anecdote behind that? Is that through personal experience? Because you've seen that people that women find it so difficult to talk to their gynecologists. I think it's mostly through learning from friends who could not 
I mean, even I, if I were doing anything stupid, I couldn't go walk up to any random gynecologist and be like, yeah, so I masturbated and this happened or whatever. My mom's also a gynecologist, which helps, which made my life significantly easier. And she's a very non-judgmental, sex-positive gynecologist, thankfully. So I think it was partly inspired by her. I think I saw a, a non-judgmental, sex-positive gynecologist and my dad's a fertility doctor as well. They're both very similar in their approach towards this. So I think because I saw that at home, even before I knew what a sex positive and inclusive doctor is supposed to be I sort of had this idea in mind that this is what a doctor is supposed to be like and then I stepped out into the real world and I went to medical school and I realized that uh, this is not the norm and I was shamed quite often by my professors for taking say detailed sexual histories or just being very frank in my conversation about sex and sexual health so I shut it down and I learned not to talk about this but then I figured that if we are not talking about this as doctors it is our responsibility to create a safe environment for our patients um, and just the general public or conversations around public health and issues around public health. The way we stigmatize sexual health, like, you know, AIDS is a joke. The way we talk about AIDS is always as a punchline of some joke. You know, situations like this that I, I felt like I think all of these decisions and all of these conditions informed my decision to talk about this. But also the fact that there is so much disinformation on the internet right now, particularly around women's health and menstrual health. Influencers with absolutely zero background in any or any training in this area have decided to come and speak about this in spout of absolute nonsense. So I felt like there was a need for real authentic medical information in this world of unqualified influencers. Absolutely. In fact, we did a clubhouse recently as well with some doc-fluencers like about two, three months ago. And I remember that they were they were honestly a little frustrated because they were like, you know, there are people out there who come and they put out information that informs people medically, but it's incorrect information. And they're like, we don't know what to do. And brands tend to then go to those influencers versus yeah. going to an actual dog dog influencer. <laughs> you know and that really that's that's quite sad actually because how do you break that disinformation bubble did you struggle when you started putting information out did you see any backlash from your way I am more privileged in a lot of ways as a doctor influencer because you know I, I speak the social media lingo and you know I I look a certain way that is more acceptable to a lot of people and I feel like all of that made my journey easier but in medical school we're not taught how to simplify topics when you go to a doctor they won't tell you okay beta I'm going to do a laparoscopy for you with, which involves me putting a small slice in your tummy and then putting a camera through there and seeing your inside they'll be like oh yeah you have a complicated condition and I'm going to do a laparoscopy and we'll see we'll do a histopathology and see what happens you know we're not taught to explain the condition at all and I'm not saying that we also don't have the responsibility of doing it on our own even though we're not taught that but it's just not programmed into us when we in medical school or even in our further training. I think it's definitely quite difficult to do, to learn how to do this because it's, you know, how we do those uh, just a minute practices in school or half a minute practices in school. Reels are 30 seconds and 60 seconds. So you have to com- explain a complicated topic in 30 seconds or 60 seconds. So it's difficult to learn. Um, in terms of backlash, yes, it was awful. As a woman talking about sex on the internet, as a woman on the internet is going to be awful. But as a woman on the internet with a public profile that talks about sex, you know what's going to happen. So there was a lot of trolling definitely there was a lot of you're against Indian culture nonsense but um, I don't know I, I think it fizzled out or I learned to ignore it I remember I saw this uh, on Independence Day you had put out a post where you where you kind of spoke about how Indian mythology and our scriptures in general kind of are so sex positive what happened <laughs> you know and <laughs> that, that's really something that uh, and, and that and I know that that's 
a post that would not be a comfortable viewing for a lot of people. And these are conversations that we still kind of struggle to have uh, within our immediate families as well sometimes. Do you think there is a spillover of the engagement that you kind of now see online? Because I'm sure that must have been a journey as well, right? It must have taken you some time to kind of get that engagement on your posts. And then, you know, do you feel like that spills over offline as well? I'm going to make a controversial statement, but I think sex positivity has become trendy in a good way as it should be <laughs> I mean I don't know if it trendy is the right word but it should be more acceptable and thankfully it's becoming a trend and you know there are a lot of influencers that are getting into the space now so it's becoming at least in the online space a little bit more normalized hopefully this will spill over into the real world I don't know if it has because this is the world I exist in I live in a small bubble where we loudly talk about these things I don't know what it's like outside this bubble so <laughs> I hope it changes things I really hope it spills over yeah no I agree and that was actually going to be my last question before I wrap this up that you know Instagram is a bubble at the end of the day of course in India Instagram is the most you know penetrated uh, social media platform but your content is primarily in English it caters to a certain section of society you know sex education in India is in many cases it's scarce you know I, I studied in an English medium boarding school you know we, we still had people giggling when in class 8 we were taught reproductive health in general <laughs> during our biology class right so <laughs> these problems exist in India so how do you you feel as someone who who spends so much time and puts in so much effort in educating the public and just kind of creating that kind of awareness how do you think we can really you know at least take a step in beating this you know kind of solving this problem in India because it exists of course I'm sure it exists in a lot of other countries as well but India it's to a whole new level and I, and it's quite it's quite ironic considering our, our country's population you know <laughs> So I'm currently based out of the US and I live in Texas, which is uh, probably at the same level, if not worse than India in terms of sex ed. At least in India, the sex ed programs we do have, even in our reproduction chapters, are medically validated. In the US, in I think 20 states, they're not even required to have medically accurate sex ed programs. So it's, I'm sorry for the word, but it's a clusterfuck everywhere. I think because of the pandemic, again, it has the silver lining behind all of this going to hell, is that there's even more people consuming video content on the internet so I think financial year 2023 projection is that we will have 500 million video content consumers in India 500 million is a little over one third of the Indian population and um, that's a lot of people you know that's so many people that you can reach the good thing about video content is that it doesn't have a lot of barriers that traditional information sources have you don't need to have a TV you don't need to have dish connection you don't need to go to some class most of everybody in India has a phone even people who come from low, low socioeconomic backgrounds and most of India thanks to um, Geo and then now Starlink coming to India is going to be very very connected so I feel like there is such a good platform to provide this you don't need anything other than a phone and an internet connection to access this kind of content and now also we're having this sort of content in regional languages as well I think the internet is a very good place to start and yes real world makes a difference but in the current scenario can we really do real world stuff not really not in a 
mass scale. And then secondly, there is a barrier. No, there's actually a curtain of anonymity that helps in doing this stuff online. You can consume this content without feeling awkward because a lot of times these sex ed classes are so awkward. You want to ask a question, but you're like, oh my God, can I ask this in front of 25 people or what will the educator think of me? Um, We don't have that problem anymore. You type stuff in a chat box, you can put in an anonymous name. Nobody knows who you are. So I think it's definitely a great place to start. And I think it's going to spill over again into the rest of the world. If we normalize these conversations on a reflection of our real world, which is the online world, we can normalize this conversation in the real world as well. But I'm very optimistic as a person and I know this is not realistic. So, <laughs> well, Absolutely. And I mean, you're doing something, right? Like I think everything kind of contributes to that, to that end goal. But I know a lot of people who share your posts. I know people who have shared your posts with their boyfriends because their boyfriends will understand what they were trying to say and then they kind of share your posts and they're like, oh my God, he finally gets it. <laughs> and I think that's great, right? Oh, that's wow. <laughs> That's a spillover. So I, I think that that's fantastic. And, you know, it's it's the end of 2021. And uh, I mean, you've been at this for almost two years now. Just to wrap up at least the last one year, what is the one message you'd like to give out? And also, like, how would you kind of just wrap up this one year as a topfluencer for yourself? I think it's been a fantastic year. I have seen growths that... I had not imagined, which means that there is definitely a space and a need for this conversation and people want to engage. So if you are a qualified doctor or if you have any kind of qualifications in health education, please step ahead. If you don't have these qualifications, get those qualifications and then talk. Don't be one of those random people who just... On top of all of that, I think the biggest message that I would like to send everybody who's listening to this is please get yourself vaccinated against the HPV. HPV is a virus that is very strongly linked with more than 90% of all cases of cervical cancer and at this moment unfortunately in India it's only available to women so penis owners cannot get this vaccine if you have a cervix please get this vaccine it is the only vaccine in the whole world that prevents cancer just get it it only costs 2000 rupees and you need three doses that's it (laughs) thank you so much for that and well if you don't already follow Dr. Tanya please do she's Dr. Cutris on Instagram and if I'm not wrong she has a book coming out soon as well which I'm sure all of us would want to grab as soon as it's on the shelves but thank you so much for taking out the time and speaking to us on vlog and we are so excited that we can put this content out because i think it's just so important to really get people talking about these issues and like tell them why it's really important to consume this kind of content and why they should consume this content so (laughs) to inform and educate and keep listening to vlog i'm iknur kaur editor and that was dr tanya narendra joining us Dr. Cutris on Instagram. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to tune in to more such conversations, subscribe to the SPAG Dialogue podcast or visit our website spagdialogue.com.